0: Welcome to Global One Media's Stocks to Watch, I'm Michael Suido. Joining me today is Christopher Willis. He's the managing partner of Latitude World, their company that helps investors obtain a second passport or residency in some pretty nice places, like St. Lucia in the Caribbean and Malta in the Mediterranean, not to mention Europe and North America. Christopher, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Michael, great to be here.
0: So you've been helping people emigrate and settle in new countries since 1995. Before we really get into it, I'm curious, what attracted you to this industry?
1: Well, it's, it's, a, it's a great question because it was actually purely by accident. I mean, I, I I trained initially in the fitness industry and I was looking to, to, to start in that space. But then, uh, you know, it's often, you know, who you know and what you know. And uh, one of my flatmates when I was living in London at the time uh, was working for a UK immigration firm and they were looking for people. So I went along, learned about, uh, you know, uh, UK immigration, which typically then meant you were keeping a lot of Canadians, Australians, New Zealanders, and then uh, found out they suddenly fell in love with British people. So they wanted spousal applications. And then there was this whole sort of two way started happening. And then found out Canada had a program, being a proud Canadian, uh, researched it. And back at that time, I just made an appointment with a program manager at the High Commission in London, said, uh, we're going to be doing this. How do you want to see a file? They just sort of said, if you do this, do this, do this, that makes our life easier. And uh, that's what we started doing. And it just went from there. So, you know, back in the day, it was much easier to have those appointments and have those conversations. And that's really where it all started.
0: I think he moved to, uh, I think he moved overseas about the same time that I did, perhaps. Um tell me, I'm just curious, how many passports do you have?
1: I've got three at the moment.
0: Okay. Well, I'm not gonna buy and, too much. I won't ask.
1: Yeah, and a work permit as well. So I've got four bases covered. I, I used to have permanent residency in Australia, but I didn't end up uh, doing the days, so so that lapsed. So uh, I've got a got a few different stamps and the different passports.
0: That's awesome. Um, Let's dive a bit into it. There are a few reasons uh, why high net worth individuals may wish to obtain a second citizenship. Uh, For some, tax and lifestyle benefits are top of mind. For others, safety and security is a primary motivation. Uh, Walk us through that second one. How does investing in a second citizenship help increase a family's safety and security?
1: Well, it's it's becoming a much more of a non-traditional insurance policy, if you like, because, you know, four or five years ago, this wasn't really, you know, in the mainstream for Americans. It's always been there for, for people who are coming from countries that have very poor visa-free travel. So, for example, if you were from, from Pakistan, from South Africa, from Nigeria, places like that. Where you always had to apply for visas, your passports were tied up at embassies, you know, it was a real, it was a real problem. And as a as an American, as a Canadian, as a Brit, you know, you take it for granted that you can just hop on a plane and go pretty well anywhere in the world. So the motivation factors for people of that profile were very much the mobility. But for the United States, you know, you you have that privilege already. But the real kicker was when the pandemic was in full swing and you had the travel ban in the United States. Didn't matter who you were. If you only had a U.S. passport, you weren't traveling, you know, to Europe, you know, to the U.K., to Singapore, to the UAE. So your, your your wings were well and truly clipped. And that was a wake-up call for a lot of people. So suddenly you saw this spike from the United States where people were saying, okay, I need to cover this base because, you know, I was exposed during the pandemic that I couldn't do that. But then in terms of not just from that um, from the travel side, but to the protection side, which is what, what you're asking. So uh, in the Caribbean, for example, the islands all shut their borders You know, during the pandemic. So unless you were a citizen, you were not granted entry. Because as a citizen, of course, you're you're protected by the state. So they will give you that, that, that access to the country. So people were looking at this and saying, okay, if let's say the place where I am in the United States, I'm not too comfortable, I want to have a safe haven elsewhere. Or maybe I want to go and spend six months plus a year, or maybe my my kids want to go study there. If I've got status, then it's much easier to do so than either going as a, as a visitor, going in as an international student, and all the all the the things that go with it. So it's becoming much more in the mainstream. You know, from the from the perspective of an American, they're looking at this, saying, "Look, I've got to have this as part of my portfolio." And you know with the world being you know in a very volatile time time at the moment many people are saying look you know i need to make sure i've got somewhere to go should i need it so it's that old adage you know it's better to need it uh, sorry to have it and not need it than need it and not have it right so that's where people are just sort of saying let's just have that in the back pocket just in case
0: and what you say about during the pandemic makes total sense and you talk about vol- volatility and there's certainly no shortage shortage of that in the world today. I mean, even it's talking about it. Uh, I mean, you have the war in Ukraine, you have the war in the Middle East right now, which people are worried is going to expand. Uh, I'm curious, given all that, are you seeing an increase in demand? of people coming to you saying, "We'd like to have dual citizenship."
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's, you know, the pandemic was one thing, you know, from the perspective of the American market, but, you know, we're always very busy in the Middle East. We have a very large office in Dubai, uh, which caters for the Middle East, Northern African uh, region. Uh, also, we've op- opened office in other parts of uh, of Asia, Africa as well. So typically where there's push factors, you know, whether it's, you know, based on security, you know, geopolitical, geopolit- could be um, financial, you know, like South Africa, the RAND is very weak at the moment. Be, you know, we've seen what happened in Lebanon, with their currency so people are looking at different reasons why they want to do that to protect their assets to protect their family and you know part of our process of course is to really dig deep with a with a a client and say look you know what's your motivation why do you want to do this you know then look at their time scales look at their budget and then we can sort of suggest what programs might be best suited because um, everybody's unique right and they're going to have their own reasons to do this so you know right now you know when everything was happening well, it's still happening, obviously in 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 Ukraine, there was uh, a surge, if you like, for people from that region who were nervous. you know, and then also in the other CIS countries, you know, the, the stands as we call it, you know, the um, the Uzbekistans, the Kazakhstans, and all of that, you know, they're also now looking, you know, to, to have an option because uh, they're concerned what may what may expand, you know, from their territory. And as you rightly say, what's happening in the Middle East is going to have a knock-on effect, you know, with the regions, you know, uh, surrounding um, so whether it's in Jordan, whether it's in Egypt, whether it's in Syria, you know, all these people are getting a little bit nervous. And so it's saying, where can I go? And you know, you're reading in the news about, you know, Canada saying, we're going to go in and we're going to, you know, help the dual citizens, um, you know, be able to have safe passage back. Uh, same with other countries, the UK, the US will be doing similar things. But if you don't have that privilege, then then you're you're really restricted in terms of what you can do.
0: So Chris, if someone comes to you, I imagine most of the times they are not coming because they're thinking about themselves, they're thinking about their family, about their wife, their children, possibly their parents. Uh, I don't imagine all of them are going to be applying for dual citizenship. So if one person applies, can that dual citizenship help them locate their loved ones to a safer area as well?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And as a matter of fact, in the Caribbean, some of the countries allow for parents to be included, grandparents in some cases, uh, as well as siblings if they're unmarried and have no children. Um, So there's a whole extension of family members that can be included on one application.
0: Well, that's great. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm living in Asia and family is everything. So hearing that parents and grandparents can be included, uh, that's really important. Uh, I want to talk to you now about how someone gets that second passport. There are a couple routes, I understand. It could be by descent. Uh, for example, if you have an Irish-born parent or grandparents, you could qualify for an Irish passport, which then can be used to you know help you reside anywhere in the EU. Uh, and then there are investment programs. So say you purchase a property in Greece that's worth at least 250,000 euros, Well, Then you're eligible for a Greek golden visa. If you want to live in the Cayman Islands, though, you're going to need a bit more, at least a million dollars or 1.2 million to be exact. So let's start with that investment route. What is your company's role? How do you work with a client who comes to you and says, I want to live overseas or obtain a second nationality via this route?
1: So the important consideration here is residency versus citizenship so some people may say look i just need a residence card because i want to have access to a region such as uh the schengen area for example which you would get with a residence card either from from uh, portugal from spain or from greece if you were looking at citizenship however the direct pathway to citizenship gives you the passport and for many people as we touched on earlier who have those mobility problems that's maybe the, the ultimate aim. So this is where when we, we have that breakdown with a client to understand their full motivations, then we can say what's most important, residency status or citizenship status. Because you've also got those who actually want to physically move. You know, we know there's programs in Canada, United Kingdom, United States, where people want to move and, and, and formally relocate their, their family there. But many people just want to maintain their own uh, residency in their home country, but have options elsewhere just in case they need it. So that's really where it's, first of all, determining residency versus citizenship. Once that's established, then we can sort of look at the different programs, because some of the residency programs uh, take much longer to come through, uh, whereas the citizenship ones in the Caribbean can also can be relatively quick, around uh, six to seven months. But then you've you've got two ends of the spectrum. So if you look at the Caribbean citizenship programs, you know, the investments currently, the minimum is 100,000 at the moment, and it varies from country to country. But at the other end of the spectrum, you have have Malta, where you're looking at about a million euros. It's going to be your investment level. So, you know, that's, but the difference being is you're getting citizenship in a European Union country, which then gives you the settlement rights in all the member states. So it's, it's a much higher proposition than let's say what you would get in the Caribbean, which gives you, you know, settlement rights within the Caribbean community, but that's not to the same level, let's say, as the European Union.
0: Yeah, just a couple of things. You mentioned Schenken, so that's referring to Europe. And when you talked yes. about having essentially a passport in your back pocket, I think back to Hong Kong in the 1980s and 1990s. You had a lot of people there who were getting second passports in Canada or elsewhere because they were concerned about what was going to happen when Hong Kong went back to China. It wasn't that they necessarily wanted to live overseas. They just wanted to have that escape route if they needed it.
1: Exactly right. And that's a great example. I mean, Canada was a residency program. So you have to first get your residency status, and then you can over time graduate to get naturalized as a Canadian citizen, very much like a green card holder in the United States. So, you know, in Canada, we call it permanent residency, the United Kingdom calls it a definite leave to remain U.S. U.S. is the green card. So it varies from... um, From country to country or what they call it but the principle is the same you're granted permanent status you do your time then you can upgrade if you like uh, to full citizenship which then gives you the privilege of a passport
0: i want to look at this from a a different angle now we have a lot of investors who tune in to watch this series uh what are the benefits of a second citizenship in terms of succession and legacy planning i mean i'm wondering am i not just creating a second tax liability
1: no, no. I mean, that, that's a great question. I mean, a lot of people are now obviously looking for their kids, and they, you know, we do a lot of work with family offices, and so they are looking. You know, uh, what's happening down the line? what's it like legacy planning, etc.? And so there. And going back to my my earlier example about during the pandemic, is that you know that base wasn't covered. So they said, look, we're going to make sure the kids and the multi- and the future generations are going to have access to these other jurisdictions. So that's become uh, first and foremost now is looking after future generations and future planning. Um, but then you've also got uh, you know, the, the here and now. And that's where people are also saying, if I want to go and spend six months somewhere, where is that going to be? Is it going to be in Portugal? Is it going to be in Greece? Is it going to be in Cayman? You know, because these are the types of things, there's a lifestyle element that will come into it. So the Caribbean, for example, you know, from a U.S. perspective, is very popular because it's geographically very close and also very familiar. Many Americans have spent some time in the Caribbean at some point. So there is that comfort level. If some people, you say, hey, why don't we look at Malta? And they're saying, where's Malta? Right. So it doesn't have the same uh, necessary knowledge. People aren't aren't aware of it as they would do maybe of Portugal or Spain. But I mean, Malta is a phenomenal country, uh, very, very diverse, very unique sort of culture. But it gives you, again, that that full access to the European Union uh, as a European Union member state. So it does have some some very interesting uh, perks. And that's something we've seen a lot of interest um, from high net worth, ultra high net worth in the United States who want the European status as opposed to the Caribbean. But, you know, like we said, it's to each their own, right? For some people, uh, a Schengen card, residency card is good enough. Others, a Caribbean citizenship is good enough. But others do want the the, the highest prize, which is European Union.
0: I don't know that you're talking. I want both.
1: <laughs> uh, so
0: <laughs> tell us, before we wrap up, what's the uh, the number one tip that you would offer someone who's contemplating moving overseas or obtaining a second passport?
1: Well, I mean, I think the first thing is don't 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 leave it to the last minute you know if you qualify now apply now because you know there's there's a couple of things here we've seen St. Kitts and Nevis recently doubled the amount of their investment uh the UK when they changed their tier one they they basically stopped it overnight. Ireland, it was similar. You know, Portugal made some significant changes by removing the real estate component uh, out of their program. So, you know, if you changes happen, you know, governments change, uh policies change, programs change. So if you qualify today and you really want to do it, don't delay because you know, smart money's done this already, you know, and people are looking at this as a viable option and you don't want to miss the boat. Because the other side of it is the citizenship by descent, which doesn't isn't affected to the same way as these investor programs are. Because, you know, you touched on the Irish, you know, um, Irish and Italians in particular, Polish as well from the United States. There's a huge diaspora. And so people are looking at this as a way to get European citizenship without having to make the large investment. So that is that is attractive for many people. And also, you know, in, in the context of what we're seeing in um in Israel at the moment, you know, there's a, many, uh, you know, uh, Jewish Americans who may be eligible if they can demonstrate that, you know, they, they have family members who are displaced through, through persecution. So that could lead to citizenship in Germany, Poland, Austria, countries like that. So there's, I guess it goes back to my earlier point. This is where we need to really sit down, speak to someone, get to know a little bit about them. Because I'll, I'll finish on one interesting um, example. Recently, we were speaking to this person who was interested in Malta, uh, and digging a bit deeper, we noticed their surname sounded a little bit Italian. So we dug a bit and then find out they were actually eligible through descent so therefore they wouldn't have to go through investment so we save them a million euro by going through that program as opposed to the investment program so it is really getting to know the client and uh, seeing what the best solutions would be you know at latitude group you know we've got over 20 offices around the world uh, been doing this for a long time and so we can we're pretty good at uh, you know finding the right solutions for people who are looking at this option
0: That's fantastic, Christopher. Really interesting to learn about how your business is working with people during times of uncertainty. Uh, No doubt there are people watching this right now who had never thought about dual citizenship before, but are now contemplating it. So thank you very much for sharing your insights.
1: Thank you, Michael. Pleasure to chat with you.